Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. The current mess, which we're going to hear about. So I do want to. Well, hello, um, Jan, and I want you to say hello to all of our listeners. So welcome to the show. Wow, this is uh, really quite a treat. Thank you. I've always enjoyed uh, our conversations together, and now we're having a little bit more of a formal one with a little larger audience. So that's very a cool. A little bit. Exactly. Well, I mean, Jan, I cannot believe you. We have not had you on Women Lead Radio, and it's like with your background, I'm just delighted for us to talk about the topic which you chose, and I, I just love the title. We're going to be talking about making dust in a man's world, and I'm like, what does that mean? But don't answer yet. Um, I, I really want our listeners to know that you have a total philosophy around making dust. This has been kind of your signature thing um, when you talk to women in business and women leaders, but can you share what go, you know, make dust mean from your background? And then we'll talk a little bit about thorough packaging, but what does make dust mean? Yes, it's a really cute little story. Uh, I took over my father's business and when I was taking, after I took it over, we had a woman who had left the industry, left the business and had actually moved up to Oregon. And when she was up there, she saw a big poster, and it's these cowboys charging up over a hill. And in the bottom of it says, make dust. If you don't make dust, you eat dust. And that's exactly (laughs) what was happening with these cowboys. And if anybody's ever ridden a horse, you always want to be the lead, right? To be the leader is what separates you from everybody else. Otherwise, you're eating dust. Anyway, so she sent me this poster, and she said, I saw this, and I thought of you, and I sent it to you. And I had it framed on my wall for a very long time, and so <laughs> that is where I go. That's how you become a leader, you know. You just uh, want to be the head person. Yes, yes, and the visual is fun. It is because, you know, I guess we don't think about that. You know, I mean, it's a very it's a very male type of visual, but you've kind of made it a little more female-centric, which is what I love about it. Um, I mean, share a little bit about that because when I think of making dust and I, I take the visual, because I'm from the Midwest, so there was a lot of horse riding in my background. But, you know, you're right, though. You want to be the first horse, not the last one, because all the kick-up of the, of the dirt is coming right at you if you're behind the pack. So what a visual. But how did, you know, what was, how did you, because I know you have more of a female-centric piece to it. How does that apply to women? Like, what have you seen with women that we're not, we're not making dust? Because I know you have a lot of examples of that in the packaging industry where you, where you, where you came from as a corporate leader. 
I think it's just dedicating yourself to deciding that you're going to make the accomplishments you want to accomplish. Uh, when I did take over my dad's business, he wanted me to go and be involved with a local uh, paper box group. That was the industry that we were in. And I went there and there was three other gentlemen and they were about my age. Uh, we were, I was in my early 30s. And one of the guys said to me, what are you doing here? And they were all taking over their dad's business, and I was the only female there. I was the only one taking over my dad's business as a woman. And my dad has no sons is what the comment I came back with, as I recall. And I walked out of there, and I just said, you know, I'm going to prove to them a girl can do this. And I put my head down, and I really worked at it, and I tried to... Um, do the reading I needed to do, stay on top of what was going on in the industry, and grow this business. And I was very fortunate. I was able to, after my dad passed away, buy out all my dad's shareholders, buy out my mother, which I was like 3% stockholder, to then wow. basically the owner of the company in a very capital-intensive uh, business. So it was very challenging. I worked hard. And I did it. And actually, that's one of the reasons I never got involved with your great organization years before, because my head was down. And <laughs> that, do I regret some of that? Yes, I do, because I regretted being out more with, uh, with women instead of just being focused uh, with men. The first time I went to one of these real female organizations, I walked in and I went like, oh, oh, there's all ladies. I was used to going oh. all men. <laughs> and then it was Yeah, right. It is it's, it's Oh my gosh. Well, back up a little bit and I want you to talk about thorough packaging because you know, I know you took it on. I mean, I and again, I'm just curious were you a can you share how old you were when you took over your dad's business? I mean, were you, you know, a lot I, I mean, younger? 32. It's like how old were you? 32 years old. That's I was crazy. 32. And I mean, Mhm. And I, from what I know, give some of these stats because you built it literally to like an empire. And I'm just curious of maybe some highlights that you can share about a woman. And I, I would say kind of in a different generation, right? I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a 70s girl where it's like, you know, I mean, I, I still came in corporate banking when, you know, I was schlepping cups of coffee because the loan officer said I needed to. And I was their equal, yes. right? Oh, honey, go get us a yes. cup of coffee. Yes. But what was your yes, journey honey. like as? <laughs> a woman to take things over and run your dad's business in such a male-dominated industry? Well, it definitely was the way we'd have suppliers come in and they would, like, look around me to see who was really making the decisions. I had been working with my dad uh, for, well, ever since my dad started the company, which was right after I got out of high school, I worked there as slave mm -hmm. labor, volunteer labor, <laughs> for um, several <laughs> years, and then, I had my career, which was in retail, so I always had a day off during the week, and I would go and help my dad during that day. I really wanted to – this is my dad's dream, and I really wanted to help however I could to help him succeed at that. And so uh, that was my, my dedication was to do that. And then, lo and behold, um, they, he started getting busier, and he said – can you come to work for me full time? I go, yeah, but dad, my other company pays me. <laughs> and so he <laughs> said, oh, okay. And so he, uh, he paid me and he, cause he said, your mother is no good at doing these book stuff, you know? 
and um, my book mom <laughs> was drugged into the company as well. And she did not like doing the books and, uh, or doing any of the office work. She didn't like doing any of the clerical. And uh, she'd rather work in production. My mother was, you know, give me something physical to do and I'd rather do that. And, uh, mm. and so I came in and started doing, doing the books and, and working full time. And then one day I said to my dad, I said, Dad, we need sales. And he goes, okay. He says, uh, there's the door, there's the world, go. And I went, oh, my dear. <laughs> and so I had oh my mother gosh. to come in. Um, I said, Mom, two days a week, four hours or five hours, can you just come and sit there, answer the phones? I'll take care of everything when I get back. And I actually went out and um, started making sales calls. And that was a real interesting part, too, because everybody was used to male salespeople in the industry at the time. And so, you know, I had to be a little bit better than all of them. And then they would come back to me and ask me questions. And sometimes they would be trick questions. And I go, I'll get back to you. And I always got back (laughs) to them, whatever it was. And because of that, I landed up landing a couple of really big accounts and um, doing that while I was uh, doing the office. And then when my dad got sick, before that, I have to say I was 32, but I had been a scatterbrain for a long time. I was really a dizzy blonde. And, uh, but then I buckled down and decided to, I was going to take this company and make it into something, and I did. Good for so, you. You know, I want to go back to the part funny. of when you, were, when you first went out in sales, because you know and I know how much small business owners, specifically women owners, struggle with sales in, in most cases. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious for you, like not knowing – I mean, seriously, not knowing the packaging industry, learning on the fly, you know, now making maybe some money, right, because your dad's paying you now. But how did you go out and, I mean, literally, it's kind of making dust, right? How did you go out and, you know, craft sales with not really having any experience in that? Just, you know, was it something you learned on the fly or you just believed in the company? What how how what, what would you share with other listeners, you know, that are like, wow, how did you, how did you do that? How did you go out and sell big accounts and things like that with no experience? Well, I went into the sales course. I went to the local junior college, Fulton Junior College, and I took a, a course on sales. And I thought that would help me. And then I remember I went out and I bought myself a really pretty light blue suit, a pants suit, <laughs> and uh, I went and got a facial before I would go out and make my first sales calls. Big requirement. Okay, yeah. check, check. <laughs> Might be silly stuff, but that's what I felt like I needed to do. I needed to get a facial. I got this light blue suit, and that's when I went out and I started making sales calls. Yes. I love and that. Was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. no, go ahead. You, it, you was, were, it was, you I like the you days. Um, well, because when you went into the banking world, you had to wear the high necklines, right? Um, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, the, the equivalent of a of a tie, and so we had these uh, little jabos they were called, or you had the, mm-hmm. the blouses with the with the scarves that basically tied. You had to have something. You had to have your you had to be covered all the way up to your neck to be that professional look. Right. Yeah. All the way down, okay. down, all the way down to the toes, where it's like we had to have closed-toed mm-hmm. shoes with hot, with hot, with hot, with hose. I don't think women would know what that's even like now today. But yeah, it's a very different <laughs> world, you know. And I, I, you know, it's like, oh my God, I would love to dish just on that, right? It's like as far as those little <laughs> those little bow ties that we wore, the button downs. I mean, I had a whole yeah. uniform. Oh, Sounds like you did too. Mm-hmm. 
You know, mm-hmm. I love that. You so know, thank goodness talk a little bit. The world has changed. Oh, go ahead. Uh, on that, yeah. but I do think um, I also have seen a lot of women that are out there selling that are not dressed professional enough. Uh, I, you don't have to go to the ext- extremes that we had to in the old days, you know. However, right. um, I see some of the people coming in now, uh, some of the women that were calling on us, and uh, there was a, there is a lack of professionalism in the way they dress. So if you're going to go out into sales, you're going to go put yourself out there. Do double check on on how how your uh, appearance is, and make sure that you're dressing. There was a book that was very popular at the time called Dress for Success, and it was mm-hmm. dressing to, to your customers. So literally, I could dress what, and it's still to this day, I could dress one way to see a medical pharmaceutical customer, and I could dress a different way to see a cosmetic company because they're, they dress differently. And so you have to know who your audience is when you are going into seeing those accounts. You know, you can wear something more flamboyant going into a cosmetic company. That might not go over so well if you're going to a medical pharmaceutical company and then they bring in the quality manager for you and me also. And you have to go, oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's so true because I I remember in banking, it's like, you know, dress says, you know, you go out on a call. It's like I remember I dealt with a lot of um, farms, you know, commercial farms when I was in the Midwest Mm -hmm. in banking when I first started out. And it's like you don't walk onto a – you know, onto a cornfield, and it's like you're in a high heels and a dress. It's like you kind of do as do as the Romans do, right? It's like you go and yeah. look at who's your client and dress accordingly. But I, I think that memo's forgotten today. You know, and that was what I was kind of hoping for with this show was, you know, how can more women make dust in a man's world? And I know you've done it. I, I'm just curious, a couple, you know, because you see so much. You know, we you've been through so much, and I. I'm kind of curious. The business world is very different right now, and especially for women entrepreneurs. And I'm curious what would be a couple of slices of advice that you might give some of our, many of our listeners, you know, that are women entrepreneurs as they go out and try to make dust in a man's world. What would be a couple of other slices of advice you'd give to them? Well, I, depending upon what your market is and what you're trying to accomplish with them. If you're trying to sell to them, do try to learn a little bit about what they're doing. And in today's world, it's so easy for that because there's, uh, you have the Internet to Google uh, everything. Uh, but I was surprised even people come in and would have no clue really what we did uh, at our company. And, and it's all out there. So just learn what your, what your customers are doing. And, and hone your skills. If you're going to be out in sales, take some sales classes. Uh, they have some great online stuff. There's some wonderful um, people who have podcasts. Uh, I listen to one of them uh, weekly. Um, it's about sales. And it is so stimulating. And it gets your mind thinking in those ways and being positive. That's the other thing. Sometimes in sales, when you're out there, we all have days when they're not perfect. <laughs> right. And, true. You know, the true. kids make a mess in the morning or, you, you know, things are just not going smoothly. But if you have to go to see that customer, this is your opportunity to win the Academy Award. Go out there. That's what I used to say to myself. Okay. <laughs> I got in a fight with my husband this morning about something stupid. It didn't need to be. 
I have a big sales call today. I am going to go out there and I'm going to win the Academy Award. So you forget all the other stuff. I love stuff it. And you, be, you, come, you go on your zone. Stay in your zone. Stay in your lane. You know, that's a term that's used a lot today, and I like that. Stay in your lane. Figure it out. Uh, and stay focused. I've, I seriously love that. Stay in your lane and stay focused. And it is how we self-talk to ourselves. So I think that's genius, right? If, boy, if people could... Oh print out the things we say to ourselves that just sabotage ourselves, you know, when there's a bit of more positive talk that, you know, I can do this. It's like, I'm going to make it work. Or my favorite word is I'm ready, right? Got to adapt and pivot as needed, which that unfortunately is a word we've gotten used to over the last couple of years, last year and a half. Hey, we're going to take a quick sponsor break. So I want you to think here because when we come back, I want to talk about what you're doing now, which is how you mentor and really you know, support other female entrepreneurs that are in the kind of making dust, but more they, they're in the, the manufacturing industry. I know that's very special and dear to you. So hang on, and we're going to take a quick break. Um, and so Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. So, Jan, I'm coming back to you. Um, thank you. There's mm-hmm. our sponsor break. But I want to focus on you now because you sold your business. This was an incredible feat as I understand it. And you, you know, I've kind of shared a few things with me. But for our listeners, what was, you know, what, why, why sell it? You build an empire. What, what was the kind of situation or trigger event for you to say, you know, it's time for me to uh, – let someone else take the helm here and take on the business and move forward. Our industry is a very capital intensive industry, and that means the equipment is very expensive. Uh, when I bought the uh, $5 million printing press, $5 million. The day I signed the purchase I... order for that, I say that's the day my deodorant quit. I mean, I was so <laughs> nervous about that. Because that's putting $5 million on the line that I was going to be ultimately responsible for. Uh, am I a gambling person? Um, well, no, I don't go to Las Vegas. If I do, if I am in Las Vegas, I might take a quarter and put it in a machine. And that's the extent of it. Because I know the odds. The odds when you're buying a piece of equipment like that is that you're banking on your team and everybody, everything else that, is, that you've created to make that work. So it was still a gamble, you know. Uh, doing that and we're to the point where we needed some more equipment and to stay that leading edge company that I felt that we wanted to be and I had three pieces of equipment uh, earmarked that I wanted and I didn't want to go on the line for another eight million dollars at my age and I just went like you know what Uh, maybe this is a good time and then there's some other factors that came into it as well but I really felt that was mm-hmm. a, a good time, and I figured I'd get out there and see um, what was uh, out there. Any of you who have a business, you're being called all the time. 
You know, it's just like if you have a house, you know, how many people could come and say, oh, we'll sell your house. Oh, good. Going to put you on the street. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, on, the, on the business side, you have so many um, brokers and different people thinking that, you know, I can buy your company for nothing. And so, but I, I set it up that um, if I sold it, I would buy it to a strategic buyer, not to investment bankers, but to a strategic buyer who wanted us wanted our location, our people, and what we had in the name that we had established. And I landed up finding three of them that were very, very interested in us. And I landed up selling it to an independent, is a family business out of France. And wow. um, they sold to uh, the same customer base, basically, that we did. We only had one customer in common. They did a lot of uh, pharmaceutical. They did a lot of uh, high-end cosmetics and confections. And it just uh, the, the it just synced uh, well, and I thought, well, you know, this is time. So you know, um, but I want to keep the legacy going, and that's one of my new things. Are and we can talk more about that later. But right now, you asked me about mentoring. Yes, I am doing yeah. some mentoring. I'm doing mentoring in a a, a related uh, trade uh, organization. Um, I put myself out there. Next thing I know, I had a couple of people looking to. Um, wanting to for me to be their mentor, uh, young one's a, a gentleman, and he's a technical guy, and he wants to get out into sales, and I'm working with him on that. And and the other is uh, is a woman, and um, she's she's got so much energy, and and I can relate to her so much because uh, one of the things I sometimes lack, and I sometimes do, is the finesse in business. Hey, I know where I want to go, and I'm going to go there. I'm just going to knock you over on the way, you know, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, so we have to not knock too many people over on the way. Um, oh, I think you know what I'm saying. So I, I and, visualize and a group of dominoes is what I'm visualizing, right? Like a, the dominoes <laughs> where one falls over and others do. But I do like the visual. Hold on. I want to talk a little bit about the mentoring. Like what are some of the things that, you know, you experience that, you know, women entrepreneurs, especially in manufacturing, I know you have a variety of different, you know, clients, but what do you find that women in the manufacturing or packaging industry struggle with the most? Being hurt as a woman, Ooh. I think that's the biggest one. Um, it's just—it's not as much as it was. Um, hey, honey, can you get me that cup of coffee? You know, it's not as much of that, but there's still some pieces of that out there, and that is something that um, I think most women do feel. Um, challenge with. However, that's an opportunity just to get better than the men. If you can get better mm-hmm. than the men, you can do it. You know, and then you, you'll be seen as that. You know, you will be so seen So a question, how, how can women, you know, when you, when you say that, I think there's probably a lot of our listeners that are going, well, how, how do we do that? Like, what would be some suggestions, you know? Well, um, you get the trade journals. They're still publishing trade journals. Get out there and get the trade <laughs> journals and read some of the things that are going on out there. And uh, obviously, I'm from print media, so I like print versus um, so much like uh, e-books. But you can you know, right. look for an area that you want to excel in. 
and get that ebook or get that book and read about it or, or to stay current in your industry, the trade publications have a lot of that uh, information. They have great information out there that you can stay current. The world is, is, is so quick right now, and you really need to, to excel. You really need to be on top of it. And I, sometimes I think that's where actually women can um, devote more time and attention to that because, okay, there's the value of golfing. Okay, I, I don't golf, but I know that there's value out there for people who golf, and they make connections, and they do that. And, and I think that's great. But the, if you don't golf, then you got to work on some other ways to make, your, make right. you uh, awesome. And that way is, is to learn, to learn, and to learn Absolutely. out there. And then find out from your suppliers and different things. Get close to your suppliers. So it's really important. I also think it's really, really important for women business owners to have a relationship with your bank. When's the last time you shopped your bank? Is your bank the right bank for your size? You know, some of the large, large banks say, oh, we have a small business division and we can help you. Go ahead. Find out what you need. Make a list of what you want from a banker, what you're expecting, what type of accounts, what type of loans, what type of whatever. And take it to your existing bank and take it to a couple other banks. Big likes big. Big banks like big companies. They want their niche into the small businesses because they say that, but also talk to small banks. Small banks really want small companies to grow and succeed. I found I had the biggest success with using smaller banks, but I also put the banks out to bid against each other. You know, to see who right. can get me what um, what the best deal for the loans and such. Because we had I bought a five million dollar price. I did not pay cash for that. Let me tell you. So <laughs> you know that was uh, all financing, and and then meet with you. Have a CPA that you trust. Okay, so you might be using QuickBooks, and that's all good. But you have to have your taxes done once a year. Get a CPA. Get a CPA that specializes in your size of business, whether if it's retail, if it's, if it's manufacturing, whatever, um, if it's a service business, make sure that they have a lot of their business in that category and then actually take your CPA out to lunch once every six months and say, I'm taking you out for breakfast and they'll be blown away. While you're there, pick you your know, that's true. Hey, that's so true. On. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Just my gosh, time. I didn't. I, I didn't think of the breakfast the thing, but yeah. When's the last time you took your um, CPI out, um, Michelle? You I are putting me on the spot. spot. I have not done that. <laughs> I have not done that. So you're you're catching me on. Oh wow, that's a great idea. So I haven't done that with my CPA, but I, I made a note on yeah, that one specifically. You know, I'm gonna. Yeah. Go ahead. Especially the laws, the the um, tax laws are changing all the time, and you say, right. what are you seeing out there? How can you see me growing my business? Give me some tips because you see it out there, you know. And by the way, Mr. Yeah. CPA or Ms. CPA, I don't want to sound sexist, um, Ms. CPA, That's right. uh, do you have any other uh, clients that you think might be a good fit for me? Ask them. 
I think, you know what, that is so true. And yet, you know, I, I'll tell you as a banker, and then I, we've got a couple of minutes, and I want to wrap up here about your conference that you're speaking at. But, you know, it's always funny to me as a lender, what I always heard all the time from small business owners, women and men, would be, why didn't my CPA tell me? And I'm like, well, you're given the reason right there. If you haven't had the conversation, you haven't said what are they seeing that you don't see as a small business owner, what great advice that is. And I agree, take your banker and your CPA out to lunch, and most of them won't be able to accept the have you treat them now, but that's a different subject. So I think there's a whole there's a whole show we can have you back for, Dan, a couple of them. But I know we've got a couple minutes left, and I want to make sure we talk about the Women's Conference, the Women's Leadership Conference that you're speaking at on September 30th. Yeah. you want to share just a little bit about it? What are you speaking on, and what's, it, what's the conference all about? Well, this is the 10th anniversary of this conference, and so what the uh, coordinators this year came up with, I thought it was fabulous, we'll have 10 speakers, and I'm one of them, and they'll be like 10 minutes each. So 10 10-minute 10 um, speeches, very inspirational. We're also having a um, physician's panel, which is a huge success, and it's all related to women's things, and you could send your questions in early so they could be anonymous or what have you um, for the uh, conference, for the physicians. Um, I'm going to be speaking about reimagining your life. So um, mm-hmm. has there been a life-changing moment that, oh, <clears throat> Uh, moment, maybe it's something that um, that you initiated, or maybe it was kind of handed to you, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my, and it has forced you to be able to make some decisions um, going forward. And so that's what I'm going to talk about: reimagining your life. And I'm in. This is interesting because I came up with that, and and um, I'm really reimagining my life after I retired. So we wow. all reimagine our life periodically, right? Yeah. Well, not to mention how many of us, I mean, we've all been through COVID. So that's the one, that is really the one thing right now that I see so many women and men, but I see so many women because that's my circle and yours as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, we just see so many women re reevaluating their priorities, reevaluating, you know, working so hard for someone else or thinking that they want to keep on with the business or not. Yeah. If everyone I think is, where we're going in our lives in the future. So what? it sounds like a great conference. Um, we'll make sure we send put the link in our show notes. And, you know, we've got like one second left, and I always ask my guests, I'm like, give me, you know, this is no pressure, but it is. I'm like, what's one thing you would like to leave our listeners with that can inspire them or motivate them or make them just feel like they can go do this? how they can go make dust. Leave us with something positive. What do you got, Jan? Give us something. Well, if you don't make dust, you eat dust. So be a leader out there, and, and you all know what it's going to take to be that leader. So pick the the top two things, and it could be meeting with your CPA or meeting with your banker or taking that class, that sales class, or, you know, stay educated. Stay educated. That's so huge. So yeah. I gave you oh, that's good. more than one. <laughs> that's good. Well, you know, and one thing I forgot to ask you, if any of our listeners want to reach you, how do you want to be reached? And then we're on the, on the wrap-up side here. But do you want people to call? Do you want them to email? How would you like people to reach you if they want to know more about you and all you're doing? Oh, I guess they can always call me. I can actually give, I'll give you my cell phone number. So it's fun to get mystery phone calls that are not the, uh, <laughs> um, what you call it, the uh, Social Security telling me I'm about ready to go. Yeah. 
So uh, I like those uh, other calls. Exactly. 714-323-2375 or uh, makedust.com. You can go on to um, uh, my email or to my website at makedust. And we definitely have your website linked on our show page. So that's for sure. Okay. So one more time, that's your phone right. number, 714-323-2375. Awesome. Lady, you have been an amazing leading lady today. So I want to thank you for being with us on Women Lead Radio. Yeah, I'm going to have you back right. again. So be careful. I'm calling okay. you again. You've got a lot of great insight to share with our listeners. I mean, you know, I think so many of us should learn from those that have been there and done it. And women, sometimes we don't do that. You know, men have this great way that they pass on, you know, information and insight to each other. And we need to do that better as women. So thank you for sharing some of those insights. To our listeners, I want to say thank you for being loyal to Women Lead Radio. We're here every Mondays at every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, and we're here every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific time. I do want to say we're an international show, um, so for those of you that are in different countries, we want to say thank you for listening. And I always want to leave you with a bit of inspiration just to say, you know, be supportive of other women and help the next one in line. And a phrase I heard from somebody else, is, you know, really focus on what you can do to support somebody else. One step, one action, one slice of advice can really change things. So have a great week, and we'll see you on the next Women Lead Radio Show. And I like your position. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.